Okay, gentlemen, good morning. Bokertov. Ve'ata tetzaveh et b'nei Yisrael. Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, and you should command the Jewish people, ve'yikhu elecha, and they should give you, they should bring to you, shemen zayit zach, they should bring you oil, olive oil that is pure, katit, that is really pressed very well, and you're getting very pure oil, lamaor, and the purpose of this oil is lamaor, is for lighting the menorah. Leha'alot ner, leha'alot ner means to light the ner, the ner of the menorah that was in the Mishkan. Tamid. Tamid means always. Comes Rashi, Allah Shalom, and says, what does it mean, Tamid? Was the menorah lit always? So says Rashi, no. Kol Laila, ve Laila, every night, they lit it every night. Says Rashi, Karui Tamid. That's called always. I get Rashi's bothered by something, obviously. The word tamid, which means always, should mean always. If I tell you tamid, I always do something, that means it's always being done. It says as you know. Don't don't be so literal. Lighting every night is also called tamid. And he brings a proof. Kemoshiata omer olat tamid. They would bring every day a korban. The daily korban in the morning, in the evening. That's also called korban tamid. Tamid means always. But Rashi says, you see, the word always doesn't mean always. If you do something every day, that's called always. I think over here, there's really something very, very powerful. It may not seem that way. It may seem like a very simple Raji. But there's a very important principle over here that it's not something we should move on without speaking out. There is a concept of keviut, keva. Keva means something that is set. When you do something set, it has the value of tamid. It has the value of always. Something interesting. For example, for example, we know it says, Ase Toratecha Keva, which means that one should make their learning of Torah fixed. It should be a set time. Not that you should learn a lot. That's also nice. That's not what we're talking about. It says in, in, the, uh, in the Rambam 
that everybody is obligated to learn Torah. It's one of the 613 mitzvot. Not only is it one of, it's the most important one. And says Rashi, it says the Rambam, after he says, Kol ish me Yisrael hayav betalmud Torah. Every single Jew is obligated to learn Torah. The same way we're obligated to pray and we're obligated to give charity and help those in need and we're obligated to get married and we're obligated to have children and we're obligated to eat matzah and pesach. Says the Rambam, we're obligated, every single man is obligated. Betalmud Torah. Ben Ani whether he is poor, obviously a poor person has an excuse. He's uh, too busy. It's at 4 a.m., working three jobs, gets home late, needs to take care of things in the house, doesn't have time, he has no help. So one would say that maybe a poor person has an excuse and is exempt. Says that I'm bam, no. You're a ani, you have to learn. You have to says Ben Ashir, or if you're wealthy. Wealth is also a reason not to learn. Guy's wealthy, he's busy, he's traveling, he's going, he has a lot of things on his head, he has all types of accounts that he's opening, all types of business things that he's involved in, trying to figure out where he could put his money away, worried about it, doing, going. That's how it is. Wealth occupies a person's time. What Jimmy's saying is that one might have thought that being a wealthy person, I can make sure that Torah is being learned. If the, if the world needs Torah to be studied, I can be involved in making sure that people are learning. I'll support people to learn. I'll open up buildings of Talmud Torah, Batei Midrashot. I'll make sure people are learning. The Rambam saying, no, you have to learn. Don't think because you're Ashir and you could pay someone to learn that this exempts you. You have to learn. Beautiful. Beautiful. Right, Zevulun also has to learn. He may not be full-time learning, but he has to learn. Good. Ben Shalem Begufo. Whether a guy is healthy. If you're healthy, you have to learn. What's the Hidush? If you're healthy, you have to learn. He says after that, Ben Baal Yisurin, or God forbid, a person is suffering. He has all types of physical issues that he's dealing with. He also has to learn. That's a Hidush, no? But what's the Hidush that a person who is fully healthy has to learn? What do you think? What's the Hidush in that? If you're fully healthy, by the way, you have to learn. A person who's fully healthy physically might have a claim to say, now that I'm physically healthy, I got everything going. Now is the time to invest in the physical world. When I slow down, then I'm going to have time to invest in my spiritual side. For learning, you don't have to be physically fit. You don't have to be physically strong. Now you use your mind. Right now I'm young. I'm energetic. I'm healthy. Let me use all my energy... In the physical world, when I slow down, I'm going to start learning. Says the Rambam, no good. Unbelievable. You hear what he's saying? 
He's saying beautiful. He's saying that Rambam is telling you the same way that a person who has Yisurin, he's suffering. He has to extend himself beyond in order to push himself to learn. So too, don't think when you're healthy, you can just sit back and just take it lightly and learn with, you know, in a more relaxed manner. You have to push yourself beyond your capability also when you're healthy. That's like a person who isn't, God forbid, healthy, has to push himself. You should also make the bar higher and to push yourself even more than you normally would. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. Ben Bahur, whether the guy is a young person. What's the hidush of a Bahur? Bahur means he's still young, he still needs to, he still, he needs to, this is, this is really a claim that people use. That a person is young, it's time now to invest in his future. Now, now is the time to invest in his business. Doesn't have yet the expenses of a family that's weighing him down. He could travel more. He could do, he could work more without having people on top of his head. So now is the time to invest so that later on you'll be able to learn. That, that's a good claim. Let me put all the hours now and put in all the effort to make money so I can have myself in a strong, I have a strong footing. And then after that, I'm going to learn. That's a good claim. Says the Rambam, no good. Ben Bahur. Ben Sheayaz Zaken Gadol. Whether he is an older person. That he's weak. His body is no longer operating with full strength. Even if he was so poor that he has to eat from the soup kitchen. And he goes around to collect money. Listen to this one. Ready, he mentions everything. This is the last one. And even this guy has to learn. Who could this guy be? Who can guess? This is like the, the top. He already mentioned the guy was poor. The guy is even begging for money. He has to learn. He's a bahor. He has to learn. An old man that's so old, he lost all his strength. He has to learn. And now, for the top one. And even, no, no. And even this guy has to learn. This is the most difficult guy. Because he already mentioned all of them. What is it? Guy suffers. A guy is young. A guy is old. What, what, what could be left? Guy's poor. Even if you're married. What a hidush. Even if you're married, you have to learn. And even if you have children, you have to learn. Amazing thing. Which means that when you signed the ketubah, you took on obligations to take care of your wife, and you obviously have obligations to take care of your children. You might say that those obligations that you're committed to and you need to take care of are going to take all your time, and there's no time to learn. Says the Rambam, you still have to learn. And I'm going to add maybe a little bit, if I have obligations to my wife and children, 
and that occupies all my time. So what, what, what do I have to learn? I'm already, I'm booked already. I'm already occupied. I'm going to tell you why. Because there's no way you can take care of your wife and children if you don't learn. There's no real way you can be a great father if you're not learning. You're not going to be a great husband if you're not learning. I think the why is very obvious. When a person is obligated to his wife and children, his biggest obligation to them is to use his wisdom to navigate their life in a way that they will be successful and healthy. More important than carrying boxes for them, more important than buying a house for them, more important than anything that he does, money, more important, all those things are important. But the most important thing you can give your wife and children is wisdom, chokhmah, of how to navigate them in a way that they're going to be happy. You should know, I told you this once before. A woman usually, there are some exceptions, but usually a woman's happiness, a woman's strength, a woman's mood has everything to do with her husband. A husband might complain, my wife, she drives me crazy. She has all kinds of mood swings. She always needs me around. She's always calling me. She's always complaining. She's never satisfied. She's never happy. She always wants to go. She always wants to do. There are people who look at their wife and say, what should I do? I'm stuck. I have this person that's driving me crazy. You should know as a rule, has exceptions, but as a rule, you're, you are not doing a good job. If you have wisdom, you could take a woman and make her happy, satisfied, and all the things, make a strong, eshet hail, be a strong woman, has to do with the man. The man is the one that is really, I would say, responsible for her greatness. Wisdom of the husband makes his wife a great woman. That's why if you remember, a few weeks back, we spoke about Abraham and Hashem, when Sarah left, we says that Hashem went to Abraham and he told him, why did your wife left? Why did she say that she was an old lady? How she's going to have children? And we learned recently that Hashem changed. She didn't say that he's, she's an old lady. She said he's an old man. Hashem changed it because marriage is sensitive. You know, you have to be careful. She called him an old man. He might get offended by it. So God changed it. First shalom by it. Beautiful. But the obvious question is, what do you have to tell him altogether? What does he have to tell Abraham what Sarah did? Don't tell her. Don't tell him. The answer is because if she has a lack of something, it's Abraham's lack of something. When Abraham is told about Sarah, it's because there's something in him. Because if he was strong and he was doing what he needs to do, Sarah wouldn't be that way. That's a rule for life. Women have very much to do with their husbands. And their husband don't realize that. They don't even know. They think, oh my goodness, why is this? Why is she like that? It's your fault. You'll say, where is it my fault? Because you're not using your chokhmah. 
your chokhmah, your wisdom will show you how to treat a woman, how to talk to her in a certain way, how to do certain things that will make her so much greater and powerful than she is. So you have yourself to blame. When you don't learn, you lack the wisdom. So therefore you can't fulfill your responsibilities. All the more so your children. What is the biggest gift you can give your children? Is your chokhmah, your wisdom. Not just giving them chokhmah. Your chokhmah in guiding them. In guiding them in life into the right decisions. You know, so many people are worried about who they're going to get married to. They should be more worried about how they're going to be married. People are worried, who am I going to find? That's the biggest worry you're going to find. Your biggest worry is that when you find them, you should be ready to be happily married. That you should have a great, awesome home. Very few people are worried about that. They want to know who they can find for their husband, for their daughter, for their, for their son. They should be more worried about what they're going to do with the marriage. It's like a person finding a business for his son. But his son is not capable of running a business. You're spending your time trying to find the right business for him. But any business you find for him, he's not going to succeed. He doesn't know how to run a business. You're all worried who they're going to get married to, where we're going to make the wedding, what kind of dress you should get, what kind of house we should buy for them, what kind of things, beautiful things. But the most important thing is giving them the wisdom of how to live a successful, happy marriage. That is not so easy. And anybody knows that. So how are you going to lead your children and fulfill your responsibilities if you're not learning? You got to learn. And by the way, even if you tell me, but I finished the book already. I read that book already. I did that one. The book that talks about guiding your children to have wisdom. I did that one already. I want to tell you the nature of wisdom. You'll tell me I learned the book already. I got it. I know, I did that part. I did the marriage, you know, I, 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 learned, I read and I worked on it. You should know something about wisdom. Something very important to know. And the way wisdom works, if you stop learning, you forget what you already learned. Something interesting. That's what the Pasuk says. Says Shalomah Melechin Mishle. Right? Im, Im Tishkaheni. Yom. If one day you forget me, says wisdom. Who's talking? Wisdom is talking. Right? If you forget me for one day, right? I'll forget you for two. What does that mean? Wisdom is talking to us now. If a conversation with us. She says, if you forget me one, one day, I'll forget you too. You know what that means? It means that if you're not learning... You don't just not learn new things, but you forget what you learn. That, not that you forget in the sense that it's gone, but you forget in the reality of your life. It doesn't show up. It doesn't register. It's the most interesting thing. The more you learn, the more you retain what you learned. You would think the opposite. You would think the more you learn, so now you have more, more wisdom in the pot. So you're going to have to lose some of the old wisdom. And so you would think, it's not like that. It's exactly opposite. Wisdom is the opposite of the physical reality. Physical reality is the more you fill up, the more space you need, you may have to give up some of the old. In wisdom, it's the opposite. 
the more you keep learning, the more you will retain what you learned and be able to utilize it. When you stop learning, it's not only a tragedy because you're not learning more. A tragedy is you even forget what you learned. So therefore, a person, a, a husband, a father has to keep learning. Because that is your biggest gift to your wife and children. Is to have a husband and a father that has wisdom. There's no greater gift that you can give your children than to be that person. Probably the world says otherwise. Probably the world says, oh, if you can give your children money, if you can buy them houses, if they can be set up for life in a business. So you're the father, the ultimate father. It's not true. That is a nice thing to do for your children. But what good are all those things if the person doesn't have wisdom in their life? The greatest gift that you can give your home, the greatest gift you can give your wife and your children is to become a person of wisdom. You become this, oh, by the way, they become an awe of you. When you have wisdom, they become an awe of you. If you have money, they become scared of you. The big difference between fear and awe. Fear and awe, they sometimes look like they're the same, but they're not the same at all. Fear means, I don't really respect you. I'm just afraid that you can have power over me, so I'm scared of you. Awe means, I am enamored by you. Awe means, means I just can't believe you're for real. You have any idea what a father or mother who has the awe of their children, not fear because you control my life or because you're going to give me inheritance or because you're going to do things for me. No, not like that. Or you look at your father and you're in awe of his greatness. You have any idea what that does to a child? It gives him such strength. It gives him such pride. It gives him a direction to be able to become that kind of person himself, to build a great home, to have a great marriage, to have a great successful life. That comes from an awe of the father. Fear of a father doesn't give the ability for a father to guide his children. Fear doesn't give you ability to guide. Fear only gives you the ability to control. You can control when he's with you. He's in your business. You can control him. He's in your house. You can control him. You control his bank account. You control him. But the minute he's on his own, he's away from you. You lost him. Fear allows you to control or allows you to educate, to empower others. That is the greatest responsibility you have for your children and for your family and your grandchildren. You should dream of a day when you'll be sitting on your Shabbat table and your grandchildren will look at you as their grandpa, but in awe, in awe of your character, in awe of the way you look, in awe of the way you talk, in awe of your lifestyle, such respect. For a person of great quality, that needs wisdom. 
That's the biggest gift. Remember, one more time. The biggest gift you can give your children is to be a person of wisdom and they will become in awe of you. At that point, they just won't get married. They'll be happily married. They just won't be able to live life. They will be able to succeed in life in all the areas that are important. What an unbelievable thing. So of course the Rambam is saying, you might think, you might think, oh, I have an obligation. My wife needs me. My children need me. You know how many people think that way? They can't come to learn in the morning. You know why? I have to take care of my children. They woke up. I have to go and take them out of the crib. I have all legitimate, legitimate reasons. I have an obligation to my children. I have to be with them in the morning. When will they see me? I told one fellow, the greatest gift you could give your children in the morning is that they never see you. That's the biggest gift you can give them. That they never see you in the morning because you are an example of a person who has things to do in life. Important things in life. Is that a joke? A guy once told me, I pray at home so my children see me putting on tefillin. Unbelievable. What a... And by the way, he was a sincere person. It was not a... That is person who means well, but has very little wisdom. Wisdom doesn't say you have to do everything in front of your children to have them realize what's important. Wisdom actually says... That there are many things that you do day in and day out and they don't see, but they see the effect. They see who you are as a result. You don't have to go and show them play by play what you do. Rather, what you do will become who you are. And that is the biggest example. When you pray the right way, when you learn the right way, you become a different person. You don't have to show them how you just show them who you are and they're in awe of you. The Rambam is very relevant. Even if you're married and you have obligations of marriage, even if you have children, don't forget that this is the greatest thing you could do for them. That's not really what I came here for, anyway. I, I read all this for a reason. So after the Rambam tells you the obligation of learning, By the way, he says every man has to learn. But today, every man and every woman has to learn. Every woman has to learn. A woman who's not learning today is a woman that's empty. Used to be that women spend their entire day, entire day, giving to their family. Their entire day, they're cooking, they're salting meat, they're preparing food, they're cleaning the house, they're doing the wash. They're all day long, they're making wine, they're making pickles, they all day long. That's all they did. And by doing all day long for their family, they became great women just from that. They didn't have to learn. They were great by doing. When you spend your whole life giving somebody, giving of yourself to others, you become a great person. But in today's society, it's not like that. Not like that. It's so much free time. Women who don't work have so much free time. If they're not learning and the world has become 
so difficult. Just by being in the world, you need to have extra things that you're going to be able to combat the nonsense of the world, the, 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 the silliness of the world, the, 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 the external way of the world that brings tremendous disaster to people's lives. When it's about the label and it's about the, the look and it's about the status. That's what the world that they grow up in. If they're not learning to combat that, they have very little, little ability to succeed. Women have to learn. Anyway, bottom line, says the Rambam, after he said all this, Hayav likvoa lozman Torah. Unbelievable. He didn't say you have to learn. After he said you have to learn, he says, and by the way, so how do you learn? You know, you know, every mitzvah, you have to eat matzah also. How do you make matzah? You have to know the rules. You, you, you have to live in the sukkah. How do you do it? What's a sukkah? So also, Talmud Torah has rules. He's okay, you have to learn Torah. How? Says the Ramah, I'll tell you how. Hayav, the obligation is, likboa lozman. You have to make a set time. Letalmud Torah bayom ubalayla. You have to make a set time in the day and a set time in the night. Like it says, Vehagita bo yomam balayla. You have to make a set time to learn in the day and a set time to learn in the night. But what if I learn 10 hours a day? Do I have to learn night too? Yes. By the way, notice that Rambam didn't say how long. Let's say I set time five minutes in the day and five minutes in the night. Also good. Why didn't Rambam say, learn as much as you can? Isn't that a better way to fulfill the mitzvah? Learn as much as you can. If you're a person that has more time, learn more. You have less time, learn less. Just say, I'm going to learn as much as I can. Whenever I have a free moment, whenever I'm not working, whenever I'm not eating, whenever I'm not showering, whenever I'm not taking care of my obligations, so I'm going to be able to go and learn. Isn't that the best way to fulfill the mitzvah? Whenever you have a free moment, open up a book and start learning. Listen to a class. Trambam doesn't say that. It's interesting. He says something which seemingly is less than what I'm proposing. If a person does what I propose, the guy's going to be a gadol ador. Imagine every time you have free time, you spend it by learning something. You're going to be a gadol. I told you a story once of the Hazanish. The Hazanish was the, I think, undisputed gadol ador in his generation. He was a gadol batorah. They used to say about him that sometimes he writes in his book, I didn't have the book that he's quoting. I, didn't, I don't have the book in my hand. They say that, what does it mean? He didn't book in his hand. It means it was like 3 a.m. in the morning and he had no more energy to go to the shelf and get the book. He used every ounce of his energy to learn. Unbelievable person, the Hazonish. Somebody once saw him on a train in Europe. He was a very unassuming person. You couldn't tell he was anything. He saw him on the train. Some, some fellow saw him on the train. So he's talking to him. He says, tell me. He says, uh, do you learn? He says, uh, yes. He says, how often do you learn? He says, I learn when I can. 
That was the Hazonish. I learn when I can. If a person learns when he can, when he can, there's no greater amount of learning that can be accomplished than a guy who says, I learn when I can. Simple. Why didn't the Rambam say that? That would fulfill so much more in the acquisition of wisdom. Say, I learn whenever I can. There's no greater amount than that. Yet the Rambam veers from that. And of course, of course, you should learn whenever you can. That's not a question. But the Rambam doesn't say that. He seems to be shooting low. He could have been shooting high. He shoots low. He says, Hayav likvoa lozman. Make a time. You have to make a time. Even if the time is short, you got to make a time. Then learn whatever you can, but you got to make a time. What's so important about setting time for learning, or by the way, setting time for anything that's important in life? Just before, before, I'd like to remind you of what it says in Masechet Shabbat. The Gemara says, Amar Rava says that when we go to Shemaim after 120, there's going to be some sort of a quiz or maybe a final. And they're going to ask a person a few questions. So the first question, believe it or not, is Nasata venatata bemuna. The first question they're going to ask somebody is Did you deal in your business with emuna? Were you a trustworthy person? Did you keep your word? This is, what, this is the first question. Who would have thought that would be the first question? Did you do business be'emunah? Were you a person that kept their promise, kept their word? Good. After you answer that question, next. Kavata itim la Torah. Did you set time to learn? Notice doesn't say, did you learn? Did you set time to learn? What's so important about setting time? What's so valuable about setting time? So simply, simply, what's important about setting time for anything, not only learning, by the way, setting time for anything that's important in your life, setting time for your children, setting time for your wife, Setting time for anything that's valuable in your life. What's so important about setting time? Isn't it missing the point? Isn't the goal to get it done? Why are we focused on setting time? What is the value of that? So on a simple level, on a simple level, why is it valuable to set time? On a practical level, it's valuable because if you don't set time, then chances are you may get tied up with other things. Just like uh, the famous, uh, I think now famous, Mashal that's written in books about a professor who came into a college class and he came in with a mayonnaise bottle, empty mayonnaise bottle. And... Uh, he came in and he took a bag of rocks 
and he took these little rocks, two inches sought this diameter, and he put it in the uh, in the in the in, in the in the jar, all the way to the top. And he asked the students, he says, "Okay, uh, any more room in the jar?" They said, "No, that's it. So no more room." He took out pebbles, a bag of pebbles, and he poured it in, and he shook the jar. And now all the pebbles filled in all the little spaces that were left empty in between the rocks. So he says to them, so tell me, uh, is there any more room in the jar? They, they left. Oh, okay, now there's no more room. You're right, now there's no more room. He took out a bag of sand and he poured it in. And the sand found every little hole that was left by the rocks and by the pebbles. And this man got up and told his class, he says, the, the, the jar is your life. It's your life. In life, there are important things. There are less important things. And then there are trivial things. The rocks represent all the things in life that have meaning. All the things in life that cannot be ignored. Your family, your children, their future. Your wisdom, your charity. What you do for others. There are in life rocks. Just because you're busy in life doesn't mean you're doing anything. You could busy your whole life with sand and pebbles. Your whole life you're busy doing things but you're not doing anything. The first thing you have to do in your life is you have to make sure that the rocks are going to be an important part of your life. Make sure that you write down, kavua, set, that you need to take care of these rocks. If you don't take care of the rocks and you put in the pebbles and the sand, you won't have room for them. If you take care of the rocks first, make sure they are going to be an important part of your life. Set them up. At that point, you could put pebbles. Those are the less important things. Then maybe even a little sand too. Maybe things that are even less than that. But don't put in the pebbles and the sand before you put in the rocks. So very simple. Why do you have to set time for important things? Pashut, if you don't set time for important things, then you'll go through your life. Life has plenty of things to occupy you. Plenty of meaningless things that people get involved with. But they have nothing else to do. By the time they wake up 60 years later, where are the rocks? What happened to my kids? Why are they so off? What happened to my family? What happened to my accomplishments? What happened to my legacy? A rabbi comes to speak for my funeral. He has nothing to say. He'll say, oh yeah, he used to put on tefillin at home. That's it? You've gone to funerals like that. Oh, he's a big tzaddik. He never missed a day of tefillin. Come on. That's all he did? How much more could you accomplish? Why are they not saying all the great things that you accomplished? Because you didn't accomplish them. Because you're so busy with the pebbles. You're so busy making money. Money is pebbles. It's not sin, but it's pebbles. You're so busy making money, you forgot the rocks in your life. You forgot all the important things in your life. And you wake up one day and you have this empty jar. So why do you have to set time? Because life has a way of just taking you off into unimportant, meaningless things. Or not meaningless, less meaningful. So you have to make sure the rocks are set. And the biggest rock in that jar 
is wisdom. Because from that rock of wisdom, all the rocks will be able to benefit. That is why you have to be koveya eitim. You got to make sure every day you have time set to learn. Morning, night has to be set. And then you learn whatever you can. But make sure it's set. Make sure you have a havruta. Make sure you have someone to learn with. Every single day is set time to learn. Don't make it as, I'll learn when I can. Don't do that. Because if you do that, you may never come to learn the way you should. That's the value of setting time for anything. But something much deeper than that. And if you give me a couple more minutes, I will tell you something much deeper than what I just said. I just told you the value of setting time is kind of a strategic value. It's a strategy because if you don't set time, you won't end up doing it. But it's deeper than that. There is an important part of life. Actually, it is the most important part of what someone could say about a person. Is that they should be in Eved Hashem. To be in Eved, we have a mitzvah in the Torah to serve the Creator. To be in Eved Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu, with all his accomplishments, he was the biggest teacher of, of Torah and history. He was perhaps the biggest, most kind person. He gave them all the food. He, he basically fed these people for the entire 40 years. He saved them from danger. I mean, he was accomplished in so many areas. But when he passed away, Hashem said, Vayamot, who died? Moshe Eved Hashem. That's it. That was the biggest accomplishment. That you're an Eved Hashem. That you're a servant of Hashem. And with being a servant of Hashem comes so much siyata dishmaya, so much assistance from the Creator. If you have such a title, what does it mean to be an Eved Hashem? So let me tell you how a person can be an Eved Hashem. When you set time to do something that you're supposed to be doing, so it's not that you just do it that time. That's called Tamid. It's called always. When you set time to learn every day, morning and night, it's called you're learning always. Because you took the foresight and you said, really, I have to do this. I got to make sure it gets done every single day. It's so important. I got to make sure that rock is there. That's a person who's thinking about the Creator even when he's not learning because he put something aside. You know, what's an Evid? Think about an Evid. An Evid, what's unique about a slave? An Evid is time is not his. When you take from your time and you say, this time is for the Creator, so you become an Evid Hashem always. Because you are willing to get up and say, my time belongs to Him. While I have to take care of myself and my life, but I am going to declare this time, this is the time that I pray. It says in the words of Hazal, A person who has a set place to pray. 
Set place means he has a minyan that he prays in. Doesn't walk in every day and sees which minyan is next. Doesn't look at the what's the next minyan in 10 minutes. Sometimes you're late, you do that. But in general, you have a set place. You have a set room. You have a set time. You have a set place that you sit in. A koveya makom litfilato. It says, Elohe Abraham be'ezro. Which means Hashem becomes your assistant. Hashem says, I'm here for you. What? Doesn't say if you pray every day. Doesn't say if you pray every day with Kavanah, Hashem is with you. It says if you have a set system for your tefillah. Because when you take an hour of your day, an hour and a half of your day and say, this time is not mine. Then you become an Eved Hashem. This becomes who you are. Yes, you could only set that time because that's the reality. But who you are, you're an Eved Hashem. How are you showing you're an Eved Hashem? Because you're setting aside time saying, that's not my time. Really nothing is my time. But I have to do certain things. But I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray at this time in this place. I'm going to learn at this time. You become an Eved Hashem Tamid. That's what Ashi is telling you over here. When you light every night and that's a set thing, that's called always. That's called who you are. Not just things that you do in the morning and the night. When you are koveya, when you set time for something important, when you set time to do what Hashem says, you become an Eved Hashem always. And, um, and obviously, a person will see Siata Dishmaya with that, and you will be able to accomplish on a much higher level. That's why it's so important to take all the rocks in life and make sure we have them set, make sure we don't change from them, we don't veer from them, have a place to pray, have a place to learn, have a time with your children, have a time to go over your charity, have a time to see if you're helping enough people, have a time, put all the rocks and dedicate time to them, and this this will actually help you become tamid. It will help you become that person always, because you're making sure that they don't get forgotten. Have a beautiful day, Shabbat Shalom.